Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. Good morning. Good morning, Lisa Rubin. <laughs> Good morning, Katie. <laughs> What? No song from you, my friend? No, I will not be singing. Uh, my children, nobody likes when I sing. I definitely do not carry a tune. Okay. All right. Well, we will not hold you to a song, but it is a beautiful fall day once again. I know we are an evergreen podcast, but you know, hey, fall in Minnesota, it, it bears celebrating. It's just gorgeous outside. Yeah, the leaves are definitely starting to turn those gorgeous colors. Now it's kind of fun to drive around and look at all of them. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely, it is. Hey, we have Lindsay Pinchuk joining us. She is a nationally recognized, award-winning entrepreneur. She's a consultant, a community builder, a connector, a storyteller, an expert marketer, social media maven, spokesperson, on-air expert, small business champion, and mom, which when she gave us her background, she has capitalized. None of the other ones are. So I love that very much. We're going to be talking all things, how to grow a business. She took what, you know, Lisa, you've told me many times, $500 in her pocket. <laughs> and she created a business called Bump Club and Beyond. And then she went on to sell it. She uh, was pregnant at the time, right? Yes. She was and, with her first. Uh, yeah. So we're going to, we're going to try not to ask her so many questions that will help us. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, no, she's, we're, she's a wealth of information. And I just, when listening to her, she's just so positive and full of energy and you just get energized by listening to her. You found her through podcast. Yes. And her podcast is called Dear Found Her. Dear found her. Yep. Fabulous. All right. And we're going to learn more about that when we talk to her, but let's talk a little bit about our businesses. So Lindsay talks about the why, what was the why for your business when you started it 30 plus years ago? That's a good question. I don't know 30 plus years ago, if my why is still the same, but I was very passionate about finding out that I could create a business within a company, Dayton Hudson at the time. And it was a wardrobe planning service, FYI, that Jacqueline Murray had started. And I realized that I could help women, executive women at the time, uh, create executive presence. But at the time, they didn't even use those words. And I just, it was something that was in me. That's all I can say. It was something that was in me. And I chose to do that versus just sell trendy clothes. And I decided I was going to make a career out of it. Most of the women that started with me or even was 10 years into it with me didn't understand that concept. And there is nobody I know right now that's still doing what I do at the level I'm doing it. I think right. Jacqueline Murray played a big role in that. She was a big mentor for me. And we all have our mentors, right? I'm a really strong believer in mentors. And then all my clients all these years have been mentors for me. That's fantastic. I think that's why I keep doing it. 
because I always learn something from one of my clients every day. And isn't that what it's all about? We've talked about this before, starting the podcast. We both, I think, are lifelong learners. I don't think we are both lifelong learners and we enjoy that challenge. Absolutely. I mean, look at how much I've learned from you, Katie. I mean, well, thank you. The, the podcast after. itself has been very challenging for me, completely out of my box. People maybe don't realize that, but some people have said, Lisa, you sound so much better now. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, a backhanded compliment or what it is, but it was hard for me. That's This space is, is not easy for me. And I'm not a person that shares who I am. I'm always honest and I'm always direct, but I don't share my personal self. And this has been a space that I've been able to do that and feel good about it. So thank you, Katie. You are welcome. You're welcome. You know, as you just were talking about that, you don't know if your purpose at the time is still your purpose. I would have to say that's, that's the same with me. You know, I had a very diverse, I would say, background in retailing starting out. I remember a lot of my friends would come in and I would help them with their suiting <laughs> way back when, when I worked for Dayton's. And then I went to a store called I Miller and then I went to the tall girl shop and then I ended up in the shoe business and sort of all over the place, got my uh, degree from college in communication. So that was consistent because it took me a while to get that degree. But when I started my own business, my own closet business, it was uh, a necessity because I was pregnant with our second child. And there, I was trying to get a job in the retail management realm, and I was visibly pregnant going into the holiday season, and no one was going to hire me at that time. This was back in the 80s. And so I had always loved organization. I had been working in an organizational business, and I thought, why are we not doing this with builders? And so I started my business and slowly grew it, was able to stay home. It was always really important for me to be with my kids when I needed to be with my kids. My parents were very helpful with babysitting. So when I could go see a client, um, then my folks would come over and help out. I remember, however, Pratt, Pratt Builders, Pratt Homes, he will still tell me, I remember when you showed up on a job site with a baby and a carrier on your back to take measurements of a closet. So it was very inventive. I think I was one of the first people that really pushed that. And then eventually brought my business. I went into a very um, ill-advised partnership that did not work out well. And then post that partnership, I went, I brought my business into Share Brothers Lumber and the rest, as they say, is history and it grew and developed and it's still going strong. And I'm involved in still very much using product and things like that and, and see the shares and have a great relationship with them. But things have changed so much. And so now it's a all right, what is my purpose? What am I doing? And so we have that opportunity again, as we're building this podcast, different opportunities are opening up and weeding through what the best way to approach them is. So I'm very interested to what Lindsay has to say, as I look to pivot once again, what I'm doing. So it's timely, I think. I think so too. And she is going to be a really fun, great guest for us. I agree. I agree. And thank you to you for securing that guest spot. I think that's wonderful. Also, thanks to you. You know, I really have been, you've been in my head constantly, as we uh -oh. all know. <laughs> and I, we joke, but it's really true having um, 
taken advice from you on so many fronts, especially wardrobe and just the sense of how we approach things has really been been fun to watch. And it's been fun to watch your development in the podcast realm. And really, as you become much more comfortable and, um, you know, your straightforwardness has never changed. And I think that's such a gift that you have. And it helps me tremendously, especially when you're in my closet and in my head. <laughs> or when we're starting our podcasts out, our, our, our pre-podcasting that no one hears. That's right. That's a lot of fun banter. We are a true partnership, Katie. Yes. I'm very, very, very thankful for it. You know, one of the things I was going to say, I do take my own advice and your advice. I have a box that has been sitting around for quite some time and it, it went into the storage unit and it's clothing that I didn't fit into. And I've recently gone on, um, I've lost some weight through some just really concerted health effort. (laughs) And uh, I pulled that box out. And wow, it was a little like Christmas. It was kind of fun. Did you have a whole new wardrobe? Not a whole new wardrobe, but I had some pieces. You have not seen them. They're Lisa approved. They were Lisa approved before. So they'll be Lisa approved now, I think. I had some other pieces that went straight into Goodwill. There's no stains or pulls or rips or anything like that. Perfect. I can't wait to see. I also took a group of clothing that I, it's getting close to needing for fall, sweaters and things like that, that needed to go to dry cleaning and they should be coming back to dry cleaning any day. That's great, Katie. So even an old dog can learn new tricks, Lisa. Yes. And you're very good at that. I'm not so good at that. (laughs) Well, Mm. in what way though? Do you take your own advice? Mm, With the clothing and all of that? Yes. Yes. Other things? Not so much. Well, I feel like you want to tell on yourself for something. No, I'm going to just leave it at that. Okay. (laughs) We're not going to have (laughs) true confessions. No, we're not. We're not going to have true confessions or a therapy session. We're just going to leave it at that. (laughs) Okay. Well, I am so excited to learn from Lindsay. Let's welcome her to the podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor. On The View in Your Mirror, we love Continental Diamond. We are excited to talk about this amazing place. It really is special. The minute you walk in the door, you feel the joy coming out of the most amazing staff, many with 20 plus years experience, and all have their hearts and souls into making your experience fantastic. Helene Pessis is the co-owner and head buyer of Continental Diamond. She's a friend of our podcast and has been a guest with us as well. Located just 10 minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, adjacent to the West End with great parking, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Go into Continental Diamond. With the holidays fast approaching, check their website. They do have some upcoming trunk shows that will be announced, so keep going back to make sure you don't miss them. Also, go onto their website and sign up for their wish list. Wouldn't it be great to give someone you're very close to, someone who loves you a lot, a wish list from Continental Diamond and make their life easy? Continental Diamond, continentaldiamond.com. Lindsay Pinchuk, we are so excited to have you. Lisa has been over the moon excited because she, I feel like she discovered you and brought you to me, but brought you, she has talked about you as a podcaster. And I said, as we came on, 
I, we're, I'm going to try really hard not to say, well, what should we be doing? What should we <laughs> be doing? Because you are just such a master at it. So thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for being here and thank you for listening. And I like it really means so much to me. Like these are my favorite kind of interviews. So I so appreciate you reaching out and bringing me on. Well, you said as we were talking a little bit before we actually got on, this has become a very fulfilling piece of your career. How so? You know, it's funny because I always wanted to be a journalist and it was not something that really panned out in the beginning. I was the I was the editor in chief of my high school news magazine. And I know that sounds like a little like hokey, but it was a very big part of my life in high school. It was a very big part of me growing up. I won a lot of awards for what I wrote and I thought I wanted to go to school for journalism and I ended up getting into Michigan and Michigan State. And um, I wanted to go to state at one point because they had a journalism program and everyone was like, have you lost your mind? Like you got into the U of M, like you have to go. And I did go to University of Michigan and I'm so glad that I did. And, you know, the whole my whole kind of career path proves that you can really do anything. It doesn't matter what your degree is. Right. So I went on to major in like a sports business program and I worked in ad sales. I ended up working in ad sales for 10 years and, you know, it was kind of like the business of journalism and it was the business of my favorite magazines and publications and media properties. And I learned a ton. I learned about ad sales and sponsorships and all of these skills that I ended up using in my business. But when I started my company, um, which was a community for my first company was a community for parents and parents to be. And when I started that company, I grew up alongside social media. And so I all of a sudden was sharing stories and sharing information, very much like a journalist, but in this different capacity, in a capacity that I never could have imagined because we didn't have social media in high school. And so that was really my favorite part of what I did at Bump Club and Beyond. Like it was like meeting people and, and connecting with people and building community, of course, but it was sharing the information. And that information was the catalyst for the community that I built. And through my time at Bump Club and when I owned my when I owned that company, I was afforded the opportunity to interview some really major people. I interviewed the cast of Bad Moms. I interviewed Catherine Reitman from Working Moms, who I have continued a relationship with, and she was on my podcast. I interviewed Ginger Z. I got to go into Good Morning America and go onto the set. I mean, I had some really awesome opportunities, and that was my favorite part of what I did. And so when I left Bump Club, I really said to myself, okay, if I'm going to help female founders, if I'm going to build this new community to help entrepreneurs and really, you know, set women up for success. I want to continue sharing stories and how better to do that today than with a podcast. And so, um, building a podcast was a really important part of my marketing process and my marketing strategy in building my new business. But it was really more than that. It is more than that because it's the part that fills me up the most. And so now I have, I have a podcast, your founder and Dear Founder is really me sharing the stories of some of the biggest and best female founders in the world twice a week. And it was really only supposed to be once a week. So now it's this, you know, full circle moment where I am filling that bucket as a journalist just in a very different way than I imagined 20 plus years ago. You know, I thought I'd be writing and putting things in a magazine and now I'm interviewing on air and thousands of people are listening and it's amazing. So it is like a life. It has been a lifelong dream for me to fill this journalist bucket. And I'm just doing it 
through a different medium than that it, 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 it didn't even exist, you know, 20 years ago. So that is really the long story of how I am being so fulfilled right now. Um, and just helping people is like fills me up in a way like none other. And that's, you know, how I built both of my companies is really on the basis of helping and, and bringing community to help support women in these different stages of their life. But it's also the passion that you have for this is within you. It's like in your gut. So for you, it's probably, you don't even think of it as work. I don't. It's what <laughs> fills your bucket every day, along with your family and your children, having this community, as you call it, is what really fills your bucket up. Yes. And it what and it was like that with Bump Club. So with Bump Club, like I had the community of parents and parents to be and it was it became my community, too. And when I like aged out of that community was really when I decided to left to leave because I was kind of this like figurehead of this community, but I wasn't in the community anymore. And that's what I that's why I built it. And now I have this community of female founders and small business owners and side hustlers. And I love just being able to answer their questions and and share with them whatever it is that I can share to help them be successful too. So yes, it is. It doesn't feel like work. Um, it's funny because I get a lot of pitches for the podcast from, you know, PR people and they'll say to me, well, can I have a list of your questions? Because they want to, they want to like prepare their clients. And I say there, that doesn't, that's not how I roll. That's not <laughs> how it works. Like, you know, you got to listen to the podcast if you know, if you want to be on it, but it's conversational because I actually do very minimal preparation when I'm getting someone on the podcast. I like look at their background and kind of see what they do, but I want to have a conversation <laughs> with someone and I want it to be real. And like the biggest compliment that people give me is it feels like I'm having lunch with two friends and it's not edited and it's not pared down. And I don't take out ums and likes because guess what? That's how people talk. And I want to have a real conversation that it isn't prepped by a PR person. I don't want sound bites that have been prepared. And if you are a successful founder, you have sound bites in your head anyway that you share all the time. So you're going to just share those with me in a different capacity. So it doesn't feel like work because to me, I show up for these episodes and it's, I have a conversation with people and it's so fun. You are speaking Katie's <laughs> language because we are a team and we are a very good team and we are the yin and the yang. But <laughs> Katie does so not like ways. to do any preparation either. And I'm a little bit more of the anal one. And I have, I like to have preparation. But what's happened over the last three years that we have been doing this podcast is I am learning to go more on Katie's side because she's like, Lisa, it's a <laughs> conversation. And I, so I'm getting better at it. But, um, and, but that is Katie. I mean, that's exactly how Katie operates. You know, so. it's so funny because I when I was preparing to launch my podcast, I was obviously listening to a lot of podcasts. And as you guys know, everyone has a podcast, right? Like every celebrity, every, you know, there's so many podcasts and a lot of them are are really kind of like for a season, like a lot of a lot of the podcasts that are out there, you can pull up and it'll be like a famous founder or a celebrity or someone notable, and maybe they'll have 10 or 12 episodes. It's probably something they did that was sponsored. And that's kind of it. It's not, they're not all like continual podcasts, but I was listening to a lot of different shows and I was listening to 
a show that's going to, I'm going to remain, it's going to remain nameless here because it doesn't matter. But um, it was a very successful female founder, very successful. And I'm on the, sh- I'm listening to the show and there was no conversation. It was really her reading a list of questions. And she was interviewing two other founders who I very much wanted to know about. And I was very intrigued enough to listen to this episode. And I got off the, the like listening to this episode and I was like, how the hell does this girl have a podcast? And like, who's listening to it? It was so boring. It was like just listening to her read questions and she wasn't even responding to what they were saying. And and it took 30 minutes to get through their background. And I was like, oh my God, like that's something you can read online, you know? But this was someone who was very successful and had a lot of reviews on her podcast. And you just, you know, you had to kind of wonder where that came from, but it, I don't want, I have no interest in listening to a show like that. None. Yeah. Neither do we. That's why I love yours. Thank you. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You talked about, you said, you talk in your intro to your show, you say there's no blueprint to success in entrepreneurship, right? Do you see common threads though, that keep popping up? Yes, absolutely. I see common threads, especially through the conversations and, you know, through my experience as well. I, you know, I think when I say there's no blueprint, it's kind of like there, 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 no one has ever put out a guide to entrepreneurship for women. And one of the reasons that I started my podcast was because in the way that I started my podcast is because I was listening to Guy Raz's How I Built This with the founders of SoulCycle. And they sold their business at one point and they made a comment, one of them, and I can't remember which one said this, but one of them made a comment that there is no handbook for selling a business. And I literally started to cry when, when I heard them say this, because there is no handbook for selling a business and it, and it's really stressful and no one prepares you for a lot of what comes your way. And in thinking about it, I was like, but there's really no handbook or blueprint for building a business because you just never know what's going to be thrown your way. So to answer your question, because I want to answer your question, the common themes that I that I hear from a lot of founders and from myself, the number one thing that people say is just get started. Like the number one thing that founders say on my podcast is just do it. You don't have to have a perfect product. You don't have to, you know, be putting out a product that is exactly what you want it to be but you have to put something out in order to get feedback. So like, that's kind of the number one thing that I hear from founders and that I would agree to as well, because you're always going to have an excuse as to why you shouldn't do it. Right. Um, The second thing that I hear a lot is the importance of tapping into your network and asking for help. And, you know, I've had so many different people on the podcast who have shared their stories of how they've utilized people that they know that they didn't think, you know, could were there for that purpose, but ended up being a huge help to them in terms of growing their business. And so I talk a lot about looking into your network, your contacts, people who are like, I call low hanging fruit. You like everyone knows someone. And if you want to get something done and you need help doing it, you have to ask for help and it's okay to turn to people in your network to do it. So those are kind of like two different things. It's like utilizing your network and asking for help. And then I would say the last kind of, cause I could go on and on about this, but um, I want to, <laughs> I want to make sure to answer your question and then we can be able, we can move on. <laughs> but I would say the last theme that I would say 
um, that comes up a lot is the importance of knowing when to pivot and make a change. And, you know, I think that that's something too, that you have to know as a founder when something's not working and you have to be confident to turn around or make a 180 or whatever it is that you're going to do. Because if you continue to do something that's not working, you're just going to have to dig yourself out even further. And like, it's not failure when you make a change. And that's something too, that comes up a lot because I think, I think as female founders, we're built to just be very hard on ourselves and think we should have all the answers and we don't always have the answers. And so it's really hard sometimes to admit that something isn't working, but it's not, it's not a being a failure. It's just making a pivot and doing something different so you can succeed. But it's also understanding that, right? Mm -hmm. Because as women, you know, when we think we're failing, sometimes we, we stop, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's having someone in your network or in your community to say, Hey, take this, learn from it and then move forward. It's also, it's not just how, yes, I agree with you. It's having someone in your community tell you that, but it's also being able to internalize that and tell yourself that and to know that you making a change in your business is, is not being a failure. And it's, no one's even going to look at it the way you're going to look at it. Like you're so like, we magnetize our problems and our changes and our failures so much more than anyone else. No one's even going to notice half the time when you make a change. And I can promise you that they're they're not. But it's it's having the the people to tell you and to reinforce that, but also to knowing within yourself that it's okay to make a change for the goodness of your business and also for the goodness of yourself. Because sometimes things might be working, but they might not be working for you. And you need to make that change so that you don't lose your mind. You know what I mean? Would you would you say that the people that have you you have seen, <clears throat> pardon me, that have been successful have been less resistant to making those changes that needed to be changed? Yes, yes, I would say yes. I think that like the the most successful people that I have seen have made changes when necessary. And, and- I love what I love what you said about people really aren't going to notice because nobody's that intent on our businesses like we are. They're not. They're- no one gives a shit what you're doing. And I'm <laughs> I'm serious. Like it is, it is like, you know, and we all think that because we're like in this social media public arena, everyone's looking at your stuff with the fine tooth comb and magnifying glass. They're not. Only you are. No one cares what you're doing. And so, and and I can give an example of this. Like I thought I wanted to launch a membership for Dear Founder. And I do eventually, but I definitely put it out there too soon. And I put it out there. It was like, I don't know, seven or eight months ago. And it did not get any traction. It got a little traction, not the traction that I wanted it to get. And I was like, okay, well, people clearly don't want this yet. We're not at this point. I'm just going to scrap it and, and focus on my class, which had you know, a hundred people sign up for it. And I, and I had other things going on and I wasn't going to sit there and spin my wheels and do a lot of work for three members because a membership is a scalable opportunity. And if it wasn't being scaled, it was going to take a lot of time away from things that were actually producing bottom line revenue for me. So I just scrapped it. I, I literally just took it away. No one knew because no one cared because it wasn't what my community wanted at the time. So, and and that's fine. It, it's it, okay. Like when, when they want it or when I decide to put it back out there, I will. That's a great example. 
what do you, you talk about your kids, you, you started bump club and really with very little from a financial investment opportunity and you were pregnant at the time. So now we've gotten, you just mentioned that your kids are a little older, right? They're nine and 12. So nine and 12, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to leave to them? So when I, so it's very interesting because my kids only know me in like this capacity. Like they, when I left bump club, I actually, they were leaving for overnight camp and I didn't, it was the day they were leaving essentially was my last day as an employee. And I didn't tell them until they got home because I didn't want them to worry. It was like the only thing they ever knew bump club was such a big part of our, of our life and our family. And, um, I, you know, I remember very vividly my older daughter, who's now 12, was probably four or five. And we lived in the city and we lived in this townhouse and we had this landing at the top of our stairs and we used it as a playroom. And I remember walking up one day and she was standing there um, in front of an easel and she had like a toy stroller in front of her. And I said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm playing bump club. And I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? And she said, well, here's my presentation and here's my chairs with my audience and here's my stroller. That's my giveaway because we used to give away strollers like at our events. She was like, here's my giveaway. I'm going to raffle it off. And it was in that moment that all of the like stress and the travel and all of the things that, I, you know, made me insane really were put into perspective because I realized that she's watching. I realized that she's really proud and that I was showing her that she could do anything that she wanted to. And so when you ask me what my legacy is and what the legacy is that I want to leave, it's that I want my kids to know they can do anything and they can. And, you know, I, I made two really big decisions in my career. I left corporate America twice and they were not decisions that were taken lightly, but they were not decisions that I ever looked back on. And I want my kids to realize that it doesn't matter what their goals and their dreams are, that they can they can achieve them. And and so that is, you know, why I also share with them like the good and the bad of the business. And I and like, you know, they love when like we get stuff sent to us or you know, they love that part of that. Obviously, they're nine <laughs> and twelve. My twelve year old's got like all this makeup from one of my upcoming guests coming up and she like freaked out. Um, you know, she was so excited. They love that part. But then I also do share with them, you know, I'm up sometimes till midnight doing projects or my clients making me crazy. And and I tell them like, because I want them to realize that it's not all rainbows and unicorns. So, you know, but I want to be leading by example for them. That is my legacy. What would you say the biggest fail that you've had thus far in business has been? Um, well, there have been a few. Um, I would say the, <laughs> the, I mean, everyone has them, right? Um, the first biggest fail would have been in the beginning of Bump Club. And I talk about this a lot. I did not hire a bookkeeper or like a financial person soon enough. And there were like some mistakes that were made with like the, the hourly person that I had. And like I ended up having the IRS on my doorstep. On my, I was leaving to go to synagogue for Yom Kippur, actually, and the IRS was standing on my doorstep because something wasn't signed and paid for. And I was like devastated. And I realized, though, that it you can turn it around. You know what I mean? Like it's in the moment you're like throwing up inside your mouth. And then when you realize what the problem is, you can always fix it. So 
we fixed it and I ended up hiring someone moving forward that really helped me. And it was when I hired for that position, because I'm not good with operations and finance, that my business really started to see a lot of growth. And so that was a big eye opener for me that that sometimes you do have to pay other people before you pay yourself so that you can pay yourself more later. And then the second thing I would say, and and I can't get into too many details on this, but there are things that were not in the contract of the sale to my business because I really just wanted the deal to get done that I should have stuck to my guns a little bit more on. And, um, and I wish that I did. So, you know, in hindsight, that was a a big eye opener as well in terms of contractual obligations and, um, just really making sure that you're taking care of yourself and in the long run and not necessarily just in the immediate. That makes total sense. We have so much more, so many more questions. I know we, I want a conversation, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get this question out. Cause I'm interested again, going back to thinking about as we grow our little podcast, that's in the back of my mind. So um, both is important here, but let's take a quick little break. We want to, uh, we want to pay homage to our sponsor. We will be right back. On the Viewing Your Mirror podcast, we love sharing our personal favorites. Rustica Bakery is high on that list and we know you're going to agree. Rustica has two locations. They're original at 3224 West Lake Street in Minneapolis, across from Calhoun Commons and Whole Food Market. And Southdale Center next to Lifetime, where you'll enter without even going into the mall. Both have ample parking, either online or in-store. Bread, breakfast, dessert, treats, a menu sure to allow you to find a personal favorite in no time. Online ordering is a breeze and curbside pickup is an option. Available in-store only are savory menu items. Think grab and go for lunch or enjoy them there. Brunch items are offered Friday through Sunday. RusticaBakery.com. Find the food and drink you adore or try something new. Rustica Bakery puts the love shown by their customers back into every item baked. At Rustica, you're among favorites. So we are back and I have some fun questions for you, Lindsay. So if you were a dog breed, what do you think you'd be? You know, I, so I have a mini Bernadoodle and I, that was like an accident. It was a COVID purchase. I, you know, I always wanted, we we had a golden retriever and he died before COVID. And I love goldens because there's, he was so like understated and under the radar and he was kind of quiet, but that's not me. I would say after having this dog, this mini Bernadoodle, I would say I'm more like Ollie. He is like very smart and he he like is meticulous and really and truly as a dog. And like he I could see he makes calculated decisions, but he's so goofy and fun. And so that is that is how I look at myself. Like I know how to have fun. I, I always say that I'm like a work hard, play harder type of person. Um, but I am very meticulous in my decision making and calculated in my decision making. OK, that's a good that's good. I, that's I'm, fantastic. I'm, I'm a standard poodle, they say. <laughs> and Katie is I've a, never been asked that before. I know. And Katie is a uh, Labrador. We think we think. How it do changes. you know? Well, well Lisa, we just know, you okay. know, that that's actually a fun story that it bears repeating because Lisa was walking with a friend of hers very early on in the podcast process. And her friend said, well, describe Katie to me. And she came up with this. So she like, came up like with in it. In my head instantly yeah. it came on me. She said, uh, well, she's a Labradoodle. You know, she goes into a room. She makes sure everyone. <laughs> no, you're or she's a, Labrador, a, a Labrador, not a Labradoodle. She makes sure. She, I'm probably more of a Labradoodle with the curly hair. But in any case. <laughs> <laughs> 
she goes around and makes sure everyone, she meets everyone in the room. She connects people up. She's just, you know, very fun and happy and all of that. And so then her friend said, well, okay, then what would you be? And she said, well, it's probably more like a standard poodle. I stand in the corner and I'll focus on one person I may want to get to know. And <laughs> and then once I trust you, then I give you all of me, right? That's right. That's right. I love so that. So that's how that got. And we've actually had so much fun with that question. But more times than not, people pick the breeds of dogs that they that they have. I, of course, have a Shih Tzu Bichon, <laughs> which we do share the same hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> but beyond that, she's very short and tiny and I'm not. So <laughs> I like that question. Oh, okay. So another question. question I have is when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I just see me really and truly. And like, I, you know, I, I think it took a long time to get to that point. Like, you know, in college and high school, you're always trying to be someone else. Right. Or like wear the greatest this or whatever everyone else is wearing. And like, I am so past that. And I have been so past that since I started my first business, you know, it was really that entree into entrepreneurship that gave me the confidence to just be myself. And when I was putting myself out there in the world through Bump Club and like people were responding to me and I was like, oh, like people like really care what I'm saying. I I just in myself, I don't apologize for who I am. I know that I'm not for everybody. And when I look in the mirror, I'm just comfortable that it's me on the other end. That's great. I mean, it's it's awesome that even a woman at your age can already feel that because Katie and I talk all the time. We think a she lot means of women, a young woman, a Very young woman, young. right? Because we're in our sixties, oh, stop. believe it or not, we're in our sixties. So, you know, it sometimes takes women a long time to look in the mirror and just see themselves. Yeah. And I mean, I see, I mean, I'm, I'm a mom. I have kids. I see moms all day long, you know, when I'm picking up and going to activities and whatever. And I, see a lot of people around me who are not confident in themselves or who feel that they have to do certain things to keep up or they have to do certain things to fit in. And I don't need to fit in. Like, that's just not how, you know, if you want to hang out with me, if you want to be in my orbit, then you're going to accept me for who I am. And that's just, that's, I'm okay with that. Yep. That's me too. What's your day like? Like, do you've got so many different irons in the fire to use an old term. What is your, how do you organize your day? Do you have kind of a routine? What's it look like? Yeah. So my day, my days are all different, which I actually like a lot. Um, I run my life by my calendar and I try very hard to like know what I'm doing for the week, like the week prior. So I do like book myself out and I limit myself as well. So like, that's a big thing something new that I've been doing for the last month and that I, I jury's still out on how it's working. I think it's working and I think I like it. So you'll have to ask me like in a month or so, but I, based on someone else's feedback, another female founder that was on my podcast, Kylie Peters, she told me that she organizes her week a certain way. And so I started doing the same thing. And so now I try to do things for myself and for my, my business, like any business development from my business on Mondays and Fridays. And I try to do client work Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Now, it doesn't always work that way. And I understand that. But um, I do find it a lot easier when I'm trying to set boundaries with clients and parameters with clients. I only take coaching meetings on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. 
Um, you know, sometimes I'll have like new business meetings on Monday or Friday, but if I'm booked, I'm booked. And I, and I'm not, I don't go through like, I don't jump through hoops to like go into the evening or whatnot. I will say I do take a lot of time during the day for myself, no matter what day it is. Um, and when I say for myself, I really mean for my family, but, um, I pick up and drop off at school. I like to be around when my kids are home. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I have my own company and my own gig because I want to be present. You know, when they come home at the end of the day, unless I'm like on a recording or something, they know they can come into my office and talk about their day with me. And since the pandemic, we've tried really hard to eat dinner as a family. Um, Now activities are picking up again, but I've been very meticulous about like having my kids both in activities on Monday and Wednesday so that Tuesday and Thursday we can eat as a family. Um, it, I think it just takes a lot of planning and purpose. And previous to this, I didn't have that. I was just like all over the place and whatnot. I do do a lot of work at night. Um, that is when I do my best work. It's always been when I've done my best work. No one's bothering me. No one's you know texting me or asking me questions. My kids are sleeping. So I do do a lot of work between the hours of nine and midnight, but it's not because I'm working all day as well. You know, I'm, I do things during the day, like work out or go for a walk or have lunch with a friend or, or whatnot. So I know that was a very long answer, but, um, it's not perfect. It's a little messy, but it, it works for me. And I just think like writing everything down and keeping everything in my calendar is, is really what keeps me together. Do you handwrite things or are you, uh, no, it's everything's in my phone. It's in my cloud. Um, and I like, I always, when I go to, before I go to bed at night, really and truly the last thing I do is I look at my calendar just as a reminder of like, Oh, this is what I have tomorrow. I did not do this last night and I missed my kids orchestra. Like my kid has to be at school on Mondays at seven 45 for orchestra. And we missed it today because I didn't look, I, I never looked and I set my alarm according to like a Tuesday, not a Monday. Anyways, mistakes happen and it is what it is. Right. Um, you know, everything's in my phone and I, and I try to look at it like once at night. And then I look at it after my kids leave in the morning, I sit at my desk or on my porch with a cup of coffee. I scroll through social media. I give myself about 20 minutes and I look at my calendar. Do you have, you could almost do an entire podcast on what modes you use. Like, do you have a note-taking app that you use or how you integrate everything and how do you manage email? So email's never been a strong suit of mine. I actually turned off the notifications. Like you can't see the number on the bottom of my phone. It doesn't stress me out, but it was stressing out other people when they would look at my phone. (laughs) So, so, but I don't care. Um, so I try really hard to, I have, you know, a personal Gmail and then my work email, and I don't sign up for anything using my work email unless it is very, very, very specific to work. Um, I also start my day after the social media scroll. I sit down and answer my email and I also do email again. I'm monitoring my email throughout the day, but I respond to emails again, either in the evening or right before dinner. Um, in terms of note taking, I just use the notes app on my phone because it syncs it syncs in the cloud with my Mac. And I have I live by notes, actually. Um, I have a to-do list. I keep like my my podcast stuff there and any like I have a lot of lists of like content that I want to produce. If I have an idea, I have a, a note and I put it in there and then I can go back when I'm creating my social media or my blog post, and I can say, oh, what was that idea again? But I always write it down because I will forget if I don't write it down. 
That's great. I'm, I'm exhausted right now just listening to all that. I want you to know. <laughs> Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh my God, I got to get a note in there? No, very rarely. Because honestly, by the time I go to bed, I'm so tired that I fall right asleep and I sleep until my alarm goes off. On the weekends, I do sleep in. Um, and on Friday nights, I go to bed early. So like I don't do any work on Friday nights. I'll like be with my family or my husband or we'll watch a show. He goes to bed really early. But um, but I usually go to bed by like 11 on Friday night unless we're doing something. And then unless we have an activity Saturday morning, I usually sleep till like nine or 10. That's, That's awesome. great. And you mm-hmm. can do that. Your body mm-hmm. will let you do that. All right. Well, I hate to tell you, but when you get to your 60s, but that's a whole nother conversation that we can, that we can have. <laughs> no, that's right fine. now. I'm going to soak it in. So yes, you listen, you do, you do. Well, I just judging from everything you're telling us and listening to you and just loving your podcast and we're coming up against our, our time with you, but I, we got a couple things to talk about. One is what's your, what do you think your superpower is? Um, I think like my ability to multitask, to be honest. And, and I would say that's probably the case for a lot of moms. You know, you just said like, I'm so tired listening to you. Like I just have always kind of run like this, you know, and, and, and I can get things done and I, I just make it happen. And I, and I understand how to multitask and how to do many things at once. And that's always been me. Like even in the corporate world, that was me. So, um, and I, I feel very lucky that I'm able to do that. I love though, that you also talk in about when you shut it down, that your ability to shut it down. And I trust that's something that is, um, really good that you can do that. I mean, there's a lot of people that can't do that. And I think that's fantastic. I try very hard and I will tell you, it was a lot harder when I was at bump club and there were just like big clients that needed my attention. And, you know, there, it was, there was more going on at once. And I had, and I didn't have the help that I should have had either before or after the acquisition. And so a lot of it really fell on me. And so, you know, I'm at a point now where I say to myself, like, this isn't like, I'm not carrying cancer and a client can wait. And, you know, my kids are most important and my family's most important. And, like when I'm eating dinner, I'm eating dinner. And that's kind of how it is. Like it's unless like something's on fire, it doesn't need my attention. It's just like, let's put it into perspective. Like what's important with what we're doing. Anything can wait. So I really just try to like teach myself that I also, you know, I've chosen the projects I want to work on and the people I want to work with. And I do say no to people. Um, you know, if I feel like, uh, like a client is going to give me the runaround or, or someone's going to take up way more time that than we're like contracted for, or it's going to be a pain in the ass. I say, no, I just say I'm busy or I'm full or, you know, and that's okay. Um, and I feel very lucky and fortunate to be able to do that. You know, your value. It's important. You have to know your value. And Lindsay, do you listen to your gut a lot? Oh my God. Yes. I listen to my gut all the time. And actually someone just said to me yesterday, because I think we're, we're making a, we're making a change in like, um, I don't need to get into details, but we're, we're making a change in something in our, in our family life and our community here. And a friend of mine said, you're always so good at trusting your gut. And, and I'm sure that whatever you do will be the right decision. And so, yes, like I do trust my gut a ton. You have to. another, another, I, I've always lived that way. So I, I always have to trust my gut. 
Well, and on top of this, you add in nonprofit work, which is very important to us. And we like to focus every single one of our shows. I think every single, we might've missed a couple, have a nonprofit entity. And we ask our guests who they would like to showcase and tell us who you brought to us. So I brought Narrow to you guys because my whole thing right now, and, and I am all about you know, all different causes, to be very honest. Like I'm doing work right now for a couple of different causes. I've always, always, always with Bump Club, we always had a nonprofit component. We were always giving back to members of our community. We worked with this company or a nonprofit called Share Spare, where our community would give their extra baby stuff to this community, to this nonprofit, to disseminate it in the community. So that was always something that to me was important as well. So thank you for making that a part of your show. Um, but right now in this very moment, and I, and I actually went back and forth because I'm doing a couple of different projects right now, pro bono for different nonprofits, but, and I'm not even doing, and I'm not doing anything for this organization, but, um, why I wanted to bring this up right now is because I just feel that women's reproductive rights are, really at stake. And I want to protect the my my kids and their future. And I want to be, make sure that they have the choice of what to do with their bodies. And um, Neryl is a pro-choice organization and they, they basically will do anything to make sure that reproductive rights are safe in this country. And there is, you know, a lot on the horizon in the world right now and a lot of decisions to be made. And um, I will stop at nothing and to make sure that my kids are safe and that they have a choice when it comes to their body. And um, that is, so that is why I chose the organization today. Thank you. Prochoiceamerica.org is the link to that website and very important work. So thank you for bringing that to it, to us. And really quickly, before we let you go, tell us how people get a hold of you and tell us how people find you. Yeah, so you can go to lindsaypinchuk.com because all of my social media, my podcast, everything is there. But you can also find me on Instagram at lindsaypinchuk. It's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-P-I-N-C-H-U-K. It is me. It is not a VA. I answer everything. I try so hard. So please reach out. I love having conversations. I share a lot of information there that I think you know a lot of people here can benefit from in terms of business, in terms of life and, and multitasking and all the things that we talked about today. I'm always sharing tips and tricks. So please follow me there as well. And then my podcast, Dear Found Her, drops every Tuesday and Thursday, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Right. Dear Found Her. Yes. Which is Thank you. phenomenal. Lindsay, you have such an incredible spirit of giving and a spirit of abundance, and you are just plain fun. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to share this. This was a great conversation. Thank you, Lindsay. She is amazing. Like she's like a ball of fire. Like, well, fire is probably a negative connotation. Well, in all the best ways. No, think about the time you've spent sitting around a campfire. She is infectious in all the best ways. Yes, she is. And she's, she wants to help anyone she can. I don't think she's ever negative. I mean, if she's negative, she's going to tell you why she's negative, but she's, she doesn't place judgments. She's just, she's great. She's great. And you I know, encourage everyone to listen to her podcast. Absolutely. It's been very eye-opening on so many. And she does give you steps and tips and tricks. You know, early on when we talked about this podcast, it was like, well, if we tell everybody everything, are they going to call on us to be our to be a client? 
And, you know, then for, we had that thought for a moment. It's like, well, that's ridiculous. I mean, there's so much more to us and the ability to work with people and whatnot, sharing the information that we've gleaned from a lifetime of working at what we're doing has been just so enjoyable. And you can see how her enjoyment of what she does is just there. What an incredible thing to have every single day of your life to know that you're helping so many people. Yeah, it's great. And I've learned a lot from her podcasts. Likewise. You know, when I'm, when I'm able to listen to a podcast, I actually don't like listening to her podcast when I'm driving because I will take notes. So I might turn it on when I'm doing stuff in my house and leave a little note pad down and write something down because she always does five takeaways on every one of her podcasts and they're good. They're really good. Yeah. She's very enjoyable. So if you're out walking, do you stop and put a note in your phone? Yes. Aren't you impressed, Katie? I am so impressed. Look at you getting all technologically savvy on us, Lisa. I've learned the note thing that I, that I got. Yeah. That's fantastic. No, I, I really, I truly just enjoyed her. She is, when I said I got tired, it was like, whoo, you know, as she's telling all the things that she does, but at the same time, it's energizing. It is. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you for finding her really, really amazing for the podcast and to have her on our podcast. So listen, we know that you have a lot of choices in listening to podcasts. And as you listen to ours, we hope that you would take the time to rate us, go to your podcast platform, give us a rating, give us a review. It does definitely help grow our business as well so that we can bring you more content. And we enjoy doing this. If you want more information about us, go to theviewinyourmirror.com. You will find links to get to both of our personal pages. We are also on Instagram. We are on LinkedIn. We are on Twitter. And we are on Facebook. All of those places, you can also get a hold of us at The View in Your Mirror. That's right. So we thank you. And we thank all of our friends and listeners and family who absolutely positively lift us up and carry us and give us comments and it, it really does make us happy and it lets us know that we are doing something that others love as well. Very true. And we also want you to know that when you look in your mirror, you are the best and only version of yourself. So give yourself a smile, a pat on the back and go forward knowing that the world is your oyster. Until next time. 